What are the top landing spots for quarterbacks and running backs in this year's NFL draft? We're talking all that and more on today's episode of Locked On Dynasty. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me, as always, is Matt Williamson. Find Matt on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Matt, how's it going today? It's going well, man. How are you? I'm good. You were you were on location last week. I'm on location this week. Mine, <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess you could argue which one is, is, is more fun. You, you got to hang out with the big wigs of the NFL and I'm just on a, uh, just on a measly family vacation uh, down at the beach, but uh, still sounds making good to me some right time. Now. Yeah. 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 Making some time to talk uh, dynasty football. We're now just over three weeks away from the NFL draft. Uh, attention has, I would say fully turned away from the free agency period. I know there's still a few guys hanging out there, a couple of, Players were still waiting on to be traded. Uh, we've joked now for uh, it feels like a month that we're waiting on this Aaron Rodgers trade. I'm glad we got some shows in before uh, before that news becomes official whenever that happens. Uh, but, yeah, as, as I said, fully turning our attention towards the NFL draft. And that's what we want to start our, our conversation today with is thinking about landing spots. Matt, I recently did an article over at DynastyLeagueFootball.com and uh, essentially ranking the landing spots for quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends from a dynasty standpoint. When you're watching the NFL draft in, in just a little over three weeks, which teams do we want our quarterbacks, running backs, et cetera, to land on? And that's what we're going to talk about today. We'll, we'll do quarterbacks, running backs today. We'll talk about those pass catchers tomorrow. And, uh, of course, when you think about the quarterback position, Matt, we've talked a ton about these these big four, big three, plus Will Levis, however you want to think about it. We know those guys are coming off the board very early and and likely, uh, likely with the top two picks, maybe three of the top four. So, Matt, if you're, uh, if, if you're eyeing – Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, or Will Levis. What do you see as the ideal landing spot for one of those guys? And and maybe it's different depending on the different player. Yeah, and, and court, as you know, quarterback's hard because I would right. love to say I'd love Bryce Young to end up in Baltimore. Well, that's not going to happen. You know I mean? Like, you have to pick high in order to be in the sweepstakes, we basically know Carolina and Houston are going to be two of the landing spots. Then it gets a little vaguer after that, you know. So maybe the question is, where do you want Hendon Hooker to end up? Or, you know, someone that has a lot more range of outcomes. Um, I really think Seattle and Detroit are great landing spots for any dynasty quarterback that goes in the first 50 picks, you know. And just because they can wait, they, they land in a good situation. I think Indy is a really good spot. I mentioned yeah. Carolina. I mean, I think Carolina is a very good spot, not for 2023, but for afterwards, because I think Reich is the right guy for the job. They have a no line in place, and they have a ton of cap space for next year. 
So the conversation is difficult, as you say. We're, we're not really looking at all 32 teams here. We're basically looking mm-hmm. at a handful and trying to decide where these three or four guys might go. And uh, I do think the assumption is still that Stroud and Young will land on Carolina and Houston right, in some order, right? Those, those right, are right, right. likely the top two picks. Maybe Anthony Richardson sneaks up and, and, and really throws a curveball here. You mentioned Indianapolis as one of the landing spots. That's what I settled on as my favorite landing spot for a rookie quarterback. Of course, they have the fourth pick. So that is Richardson territory. It is Will Levis territory. Although many would argue, uh, maybe yourself included, Matt, that that's too high for Levis. So which quarterback do you want to see them take Richardson? And and if so, do you see Gardner Minshew starting you know, half the season, the full season? When when would we see Richardson if the Colts is the landing spot? Well, real quick, I, I, I barely opened it, but today was um, happy rookie scouting portfolio day. You know, Matt Waldman put oh, out yes. his rookie. Yeah, and uh, the only thing I've seen in it was Richardson's his number one quarterback. And I, okay. I think you and I both have great respect for M-Dub, we'll call him, you know, and uh, yep. he's – does tremendous work, does more work than anyone. And the little I read on Richardson, I'm going to dig into it heavy tonight, um, is he just thinks he's a lot further along than people want to give him credit for as a passer, as a reader of defenses, things like that. So if Minshew's an impediment to him, I don't think it's going to be for long. And frankly, I mean, Jalen Hurts, was able to succeed well before this season when he really, quote, got it. So I would think the Colts is a great landing spot. They have a decent O-line. They have some weapons. Taylor being there makes it harder to, you know, to deal with the running threat at the quarterback position. And it would shock me if if they take a guy at four or trade up to three, that he sits very long at all. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, as much as I am a fan of Will Levis, it would be an exciting idea to think about Anthony Richardson in Indianapolis with uh, Shane Steichen as, as Mm -hmm. the head coach there, of course, the work he did with Hertz in Philadelphia. And and I agree with you. If, if he sits long, uh, if he sits at all, it would not be for long. Uh, Let's move over to the running back position, Matt, lots of interesting landing spots here. And um, you know, of course we have Bijan Robinson expected to be a first rounder, Jameer Gibbs, uh, kind of next in line, Zach Charbonnet, uh, uh, close with him. And and then it's wide open with as many as uh, 10 other potentially running, uh, 10 other running backs potentially um, somewhere in that, I would say, round three to five area that are, are going to muddy up some backfields. So what are some of your favorite landing spots for running backs? A couple of the people might not think about that I think are teams that could draft backs higher than maybe we expect or some expect are the Vikings, Saints, Bengals. You know, Mixon, mm, Kamara, yep. Cook, that whole class of former studs is, is, as we always warn people, it's about their time to hit the wall. They're expensive. You know, guys like Madison wouldn't get in their way. Um, you know, I, I think those are really nice spots where maybe a day two back lands in Cincinnati with Burrow. I mean, now you're talking. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, we've we seen both the Cincinnati coaching staff and Minnesota be hesitant to commit to Mixon or to Cook. 
uh, even for next year. So I would say still uh, is certainly still on the table that those two uh, Mixon and Dalvin Cook could be cut and could be looking uh, for a new team this offseason. You know, a lot of people talk about the Philadelphia Eagles as potentially, you know, if not drafting sure. Bijan Robinson, it, dra- using an, an early pick on a running back. I don't know if I love that. You know, they had Rashad Penny. They've got this uh, committee going that worked so well last year. You know, maybe, maybe they add somebody. I, I don't think – I would be surprised if they use even a, a second round pick on a running back. I think that would be more of a luxury. And honestly, with, with the way Hertz runs the ball and, and the way they use the commit that committee, I'm not sure if we we would really want that running back or that would be a major value boost to yeah. to an yeah. Eagles running back. Um Kansas City, you know, of course Isaiah Pacheco was so impressive last year, but mm-hmm. I, I could still see them adding a rookie. The Falcons, uh, the Rams, I think, are an interesting one. Uh, of course, Cam Akers there, but we know uh, at least at, at points over the past few months, they haven't wanted, the Rams have not wanted him there, tried to trade him, considered releasing him. He, he kind of hung around, uh, but that wouldn't be a surprise to see them add a rookie running back either. A couple ones I jotted down too that might not be super obvious. The Browns, you know, will they continue okay. to be Dowd into Chubb? There's no one behind him right now. The Lions, right. they sure seem to not like DeAndre Swift at all. And I know this team's probably going to be terrible this year, but how about the Cardinals? Yeah, the Cardinals have some questions, but you're right. It, it, it seems like they're ready to punt on the season. So I, I don't know that they would waste a, a pick on the running back position, at least right, not, right. A, not an early one. Uh, I would look at it as a waste, honestly, uh, given what they're evidently trying to do. Uh, I think Miami, we didn't even say the one I'm, I'm most interested in. I like we spent that so one, much yeah. time. Yeah, we spent so much time last year talking Miami running back, and they end up piecing it together with with Wilson and, and Mostert. It, it looks like maybe that's what they're going to do again. They, they re-signed all four of those veteran running backs, Mostert, Wilson, uh, Savan Ahmed, and Miles Gaskin. Uh, but I don't think any of those, you know, if um, Jameer Gibbs landed in their lap in the second Ooh. round, I don't, I don't think right, any right. of those veterans would, you know, uh, in, impede them taking a guy like that or Charbonnet or, or honestly somebody in the third or fourth round would be no, interesting right. as well. Matt, like I said, a good, good conversation on quarterbacks and running backs. We'll talk about some landing spots, ideal landing spots for wide receivers and tight ends on tomorrow's show. Today, we're talking about one of my favorite rookie running backs, a guy who is uh, moving up the boards. I, I don't know if I don't know if I can call him a sleeper for much longer. It's uh, Israel Abanacanda from Pittsburgh over in your part of the country. We'll talk about him uh, and what we expect from him in the NFL right after this. The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, so now it's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. I'll probably be voting for Churro, but i got to be honest. I mean, bars don't last too long around here. My son gets a hold of them, and poof, they're gone. So, you know, support your team, support your bar or puff, and when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you will be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked-on listeners will get a free box of Built. 
Uh, not only that, but one locked on fan will win a 12 month subscription to built for have built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. Uh, you got to try built built the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they're so amazing. They you will not think they are good for you. I mean, that, the chocolate on there is unbelievable. 100% real chocolate, and, and still the macros are tremendous. Uh, they're all very high in protein, low in sugar. Like I said, covered in 100% real chocolate. Um, built taught. You know, here's what you got to do: Go, run to builtmarchmadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff, and pick up a box up while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. We are talking Israel Abanacanda, the running back from Pittsburgh. He is a five foot ten, two hundred sixteen pound running back who really was kind of under the radar, uh, very much so, even through a very successful twenty twenty two season. Entered college as a three star recruit, uh, and as I said, landed at Pitt. Didn't really do much as a freshman. Only played in a handful of games. Uh, fewer than 100 total rushing yards, scored one touchdown, uh, but really saw that playing time start to increase in his sophomore season. That was 2021, uh, over 650 rushing yards, seven touchdowns, and then blew up this past season as a junior, Matt. 1,426 rushing yards, 20 touchdowns. Um, The only somewhat concerning thing here is he saw his receiving production uh, dip quite a bit. Never been a huge part of his game. He did catch 24 balls as a sophomore, only 12 uh, last season, only 12 receptions as a junior. Spent so much time running the ball, as I said, 20 touchdowns. Unreal. Matt, this guy uh, went to Pitt. You're from Pitt. Uh, I know you you don't watch a ton of college football, uh, even necessarily the local guys, but um, this this guy has been impressive, especially this this uh, pre-draft process. Just had his combine uh, last week, I believe, and and really blew that up. And uh, if he wasn't on the radar already, he is now. Oh, without question. And trust me, I mean, I have a lot of very close friends that are massive, massive Pitt fans, and I don't watch a lot of Saturday football during the year. But if I do, chances are it's the Pitt Panthers, who I worked for for three years, and they're always on, of course. Um, try to get down to a game. I didn't this year, unfortunately. But, I mean, I'm down at the Steeler facility, and they share it with Pitt. So, I mean, there's a lot of – you can't help but notice them in, in a way. And the Panthers certainly – you know, Pickett moved on to the Steelers, and so they ran the ball a little bit more, more of a physical offense, less quarterback reliant. And Izzy – everyone calls him Izzy around here – is, mm-hmm. you know, was the bell cow. And – I I hesitate to bring this up, but Pitt's history of putting out unbelievable pro running backs is ridiculously good. I mean, Curtis Martin and LaShawn McCoy, let alone like guys like Tony Dorsett and Hayward and Barlow. I mean, there's so many good ones that have come out here. Deion Lewis that people don't think about. And there might be something to that. And maybe he's the next one. He, as you mentioned, he's very young coming into the league. He only had 28 uh, rushes his rookie year or his freshman year. So not a lot. He hasn't getting beat up all that much. And while he was the top guy at Pitt, they used a pretty good rotation and they always seem to have backs and he's big and he's really fast. So I think he's got, I think he's somewhat raw as a runner, but there's some excitement here for sure. 
Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned the speed a little bit. Was a uh, high school track star, um, so that that speed is not a concern. As as I said, really impressed in his pro day last week, and and that that forty time and that speed was part of that. Um, yeah, he, he's just been a really fun player to watch. You said you you've caught some pit games. I didn't really catch too many pit games this past year. Maybe none mm-hmm. uh, actually, but you know, catching up on, on him a little bit, really just a, a fun player to watch. Um, evasive escapes tacklers, um, you know, and, and we already talked about that speed, the production 11 games this season. Uh, he had over a hundred rushing yards. So uh, the, the production was definitely there. Solid blocker as well. You know, we do, I, I talked about that, that uh, lack of receiving production. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it feels like the uh, the ability is there, but it, we've gotten ourselves into trouble a lot of times uh, assuming that these running backs will come in and, and change their game. So I, I don't want to do that, but I do feel like he can catch the ball if if given the opportunity. Yeah, it wasn't used that way a whole heck of a lot. Um, you mentioned all the touchdowns. A lot of them came from distance. You know, break off a 60-yarder, yeah, yeah. you know, burner, you're gone. You give him a crevice, and he's off to the races. Um, I mentioned he's a little raw. I think his vision's good, not great. Um, he's not a tremendous tackle breaker despite his size. But there's a lot of metrics out there. I mean, football outsiders speed score that if you're fast and you're big, you have a pretty good hit rate in this league. Um, I think one of his weaknesses is he can get knocked off when hit from the side too much, you know, like his, his contact balance from the side isn't great, but Mm. you know, he's, he's going to learn. And again, he's very young. Yeah. I believe still just 20 years old. That is Mm -hmm. another, uh, another plus from a dynasty standpoint, as far as negatives, you hit, hit on a couple of them. Uh, He he's got the size to be that, kind of that power runner, which, I mean, you combine that with the speed and, and that's really what we want, but we haven't quite seen that. He, he doesn't necessarily use that size, almost plays a little bit smaller than his mm-hmm. uh, 215 plus pounds. Uh, and, and as we've talked about limited, limited route tree. I mean, he's, he's catching those dump offs, but um, you know, we, we haven't seen much beyond that. So that's another right. area, certainly, that he could improve. Matt, when we come back, we'll talk about uh, Izzy's draft value and dynasty value and where he might go in the NFL draft. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes. From free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and more, Join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt, we're just, uh, as, as we've said, just a little over... Uh, three weeks away from the NFL draft. So we're, we're still not seeing those consistent, um, you know, three round or seven round mock drafts. I love checking those out. And, and those will really start coming out as we get closer, probably a couple weeks away. Maybe we'll have some of that information next week. Um, 
So we don't necessarily have a good idea where a Bannikanda may get drafted because he's certainly not a first rounder, uh, most likely not a second round pick. I do think, and and this is just kind of my my gut feeling here. I think there's a chance he sneaks into round three, uh, the 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 latter part of day two, and that if that happens, that would be a huge boost to his dynasty value. I agree. I think third, fourth round neighborhood, you know, I mean, he's a certain style of back. I meant to kind of say this earlier, you know, we opened the show talking about landing spots. I think the Niners, the Dolphins, these zone running Mm. teams would love him, you know, where he doesn't have to get real creative. He has a hole to hit, puts his foot in the ground and goes and kind of that Moster type, you know, where he does take a lot of contact, but just get upfield as fast as you can, and sometimes you just run into things. So I think his landing spot would be very interesting to me, maybe as much as his draft capital, to be honest with you. But um, okay. if they can just let him plant and go, look out. Nice, nice. Looking at our uh, current rankings and ADP from over at DynastyLeagueFootball.com, uh, rookie ranking is 24 overall. That is that single quarterback uh, rookie rankings. 24 overall, that's good for the RB11. So, of course, we're talking about that late second, early third round range. Uh, Our our rookie ADP is similar, also the running back 11, but down at 26. So, again, right now that's where he's being ranked and valued as a a late second or early third rounder. I would personally have him maybe as much as a round higher than that. I like him more in the early second round range. And again, if he gets that draft capital that I'm guessing he he might uh, he might get, then he, that that's where he's going to be. He's going to move up into the late second round. Honestly, maybe even I'm sorry, the early second round, maybe even the late first round if he gets that day two draft capital. Looking yeah, at our looking at our startup ADP, 149 overall in single quarterback startups. That's good for the RB50 spot. And just for some perspective, being drafted between Leonard Fournette and Damian Harris. Of course, Fournette's still looking for a job, might be looking for a while. Uh, and, and Damian Harris uh, landing that job with the Buffalo Bills. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'd certainly rather have a, a Banacanda than Fournette right now in Dynasty. Oh, yeah. That one's easy. Um, and, and even with a nice landing spot for Harris, I think I'd probably gamble on the rookie here. Maybe, maybe I'm catching rookie fever as we get closer to the NFL draft, but I'm, I'm taking a band of Kanda over both of these veterans. Me too. And strangely, this would be like me being higher than you on Wondell Robinson or Will Levis or one of these dudes. But I think you like Izzy more than I do, but I still think he should probably be running back 40, not running back 50. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And um, again, if he gets that draft capital, that's that's really going to tell the story of his value, and uh, would certainly be a big uh, a big mover in the right direction if uh, if that happens. Yeah. But yeah. you know, as we said, we talked about uh, we talked about Tank Bigsby and Sean Tucker last week. These guys after after RB three after Charbonnet, it is. From RB4 to RB12, 14, 15, it's just a huge cluster right now. And unfortunately, you know, we can kind of pick our favorites. Uh, Abana Kanda is one of mine. Roshan Johnson, Tajay Spears, those are are my favorites right now. 
but the NFL is ultimately going to tell us what they think about those players. And that doesn't mean we have to draft them in the same order that the NFL does. But um, if a Banacanda falls to the fifth or sixth round, then yeah, my opinion is, is going to have to change on him somewhat. And, and same thing for all of these other running backs that we've talked about in this range. Yeah. And more and more, I'm kind of thinking, I wouldn't mind three or four bites of the apple in my rookie draft of yeah. that neighborhood running back. And I'm not even sure I care which ones they are as it stands here at the beginning of April. Just give me three or four of them. One will hit big. One of them will be valuable. One of them will be a bust. You know, I mean, just give me a bunch of them. Yeah, I, I totally agree. This is a great year between the, the running back depth, the tight end depth. This is a right. great year to have multiple second and third round rookie picks and um, we're starting to see the value of those picks bounce back, but it's not too late, especially third rounders. You know, throw out those, throw out those veterans for some uh, for some uh, third round picks and see what you can get, and, and then go shopping for players in this range. Yeah, I agree. That is going to do it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe, or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Remember to follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. Follow Matt at Williamson NFL, and I'm Ryan MC23. We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty.